Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are live. Welcome to the MLB Strategy Show Tuesday, October 13th. Another two-gamer because that's the amount of games that are left in baseball. We, we don't have any other choices other than individual one-gamers. Braves picked up a win yesterday, so I guess they were happy to have me do baseball content. Well, I'm back again, and uh, they can get two wins. I'm Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Adam Scher. We are brought to you by Yahoo Sports. We'll touch on Yahoo in a little bit, but Adam, first and foremost, how are you? Good. Uh, looking forward to another two-game baseball slate. Uh, it's nice, though. Like, I, I like the teams other than Houston, so um, it's it's at least you know enjoyable to watch. You don't like Houston? No. I mean, I know that this is not like related to cheating. It sure. is. It is related to cheating. I mean, I like. I don't. I don't care about the cheating, but I also would like to watch Houston lose. Like, did you? You liked them before that, though, right? I don't want to say like. Extent, yeah. I mean, like, I don't mean like. Like, we don't like anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, I liked them. Like, they were. They're good. They're young. They're fun. Like, whatever. Okay. And then they won, and then the cheating thing happened, and now I enjoy watching them lose. Interesting. Okay, so like I'm on the opposite side in that one. I obviously don't care that they cheat. Uh, right. Like I, I don't care that they cheated. In that, I think there's a lot of teams cheating, and sure. they, yeah. Yeah, they I know you're caught. not taking like a moral stand here. Yeah, and they yeah they got caught. Whatever. Um, but you know, still they got caught. We know that they cheated. I'm cool with watching them lose, and it gives me something to root against. See, like I look at it. Because they're so hated now, I obviously like them more. And right. since they're an analytical team uh, as aggressively as any other team in baseball, that also plays directly to me. So uh, they're checking off both boxes. And now, I, just because everyone, it's like I'm, if the Braves weren't in, I'm cheering for the Astros. And I hope that they tell everyone to eat one, like, yeah, and that, win that's the World a fair Series. Take. Yeah. You know, which is where I assumed your take would be in that. Now that everyone hates them, we will get a lot of mileage out of loving them. No, eh. don't don't really like them. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I definitely. I, I'm not as like far out there as you know. Like, I can't. You know, how could they do this? Like, blah blah blah. Like, they, they're all cheating. Yeah. They just did it better and then got caught. But yeah, it's still. I have no issue rooting against them now. I assume you had no issue rooting against the Patriots either. Always rooting against the Patriots. Like by the time that they got fully established, once the cheating started, I'm in then. I'm team Patriots. 
Yeah. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> uh, at least that doesn't uh, trickle over to my politics. So that will go a different direction. Um, <laughs> we got two games. You guys know it. You guys know who's playing. There's not a lot of uh, super interesting stuff for us to touch on. That is not updated ownership, is it? No, it is not. Like, okay, here we go. Zero ownership on somebody again, but that's because I just pasted in yesterday's. I think it's just time to dive in. We've got two games. We're going to touch on literally everything for the 23 people that are in here right now. So uh, hit that thumbs up. 25% of you have already done it. Can everybody listening, can the 24 people that are here all hit the thumbs up? We've never had 100% likes for everybody that was here. I think that should be attainable for us today. Let's just dive in. Tampa Bay Rays, Houston Astros. Interesting to me that they're flipping the start times. I mean, like, I guess I understand it, but I don't. It's like, weird. Wouldn't have expected it. It's kind of weird because you would think the. So one of the issues they were having, especially like at the beginning of the postseason when you had you know so many games going, was that you had guys playing at really weird times as far as their body clock goes. Um, I guess that's not quite as much of an issue anymore since we're at, at more normal times. But I kind of just assumed they would leave the start times the same so that you just get into a rhythm and, you know, yeah. perform better. Weird. Rays and Strohs. 4.2 run implied total for the Rays. 3.2 for the Strohs. 61% chance to win for Tampa. going to be Ryan Yarbrough against Jose Urquidy. We don't have ownership yet. Uh, Yarbrough, 7,400 on DraftKings. 7K on FanDuel. Urquidy, 7,100 on DraftKings. 7,700 on FanDuel. Easiest way to start this is simply who do you prefer, Yarborough or Kiti? Um, I guess Yarborough. Ooh, okay. Uh, I have Kiti significantly higher. Um, I think that I also have him significantly overprojected. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but I don't think that he would fall behind Yarborough, even if I had a very, very pessimistic downturn to his projection so talk to me a little bit about Yarborough obviously Yarborough has the more difficult matchup going up against Houston yeah I think it's a a more difficult matchup I don't have a lot of confidence in either of these guys I don't think either one goes particularly deep into the game Um, you're getting Yarborough starting which is nice but just the way Tampa Bay works I expect them to um, get Yarborough out pretty much as quick as soon as they they reasonably can and get into that bullpen so you know I, I expect what four or five innings from from Yarbrough most likely yeah. it's obviously a tough matchup but I think he is a pretty good pitcher a little bit higher strikeout percentage than Rikidi this year um 18.8 percent for Yarbrough only 14.7 for Rikidi which is really weird because last year he had, he had you know decent strikeout numbers yeah and that's um, why I have what I believe is too high of a projection for Rikidi because the 24 percent strikeout rate coming out of steamer might be a tad high yeah, it, it's it's weird. Like you don't see that happen very often because strikeout numbers stabilize quickly. So it's like normally when you see strikeout numbers change drastically, you can either look and see that they have some new pitch and got better, or they're like injured or something, yeah. like or coming off injury. Neither the neither is the case. It's just like he stopped striking people out. So yeah. it's it's really weird because on one hand I want to just say yeah it's a small sample size, and on the other hand it's strikeouts and it shouldn't still be doing this. So I don't really know, but I, I am treating this year's numbers like they matter. So um, I, a little bit of an edge to Yarbrough there. Plus, we just have a relatively long track record of Yarbrough just being an effective 
you know, major league pitcher. Yeah. Um, last year against right-handed hitters, held them to a 265 Woba. This year, uh, 294 Woba. So, you know, you combine them, you get 279, 141 expected ISO, 20% strikeout percentage. You know, again, not in love with either of these guys. We just feel a little bit more confident in, in Yarbrough. I took a, I just took a 15% decrease to Yarbrough's strikeout rate just to see what that would do. 15% seems like a lot. I know it's probably more than that if you just used raw data from 19, raw data from 20. Um, that does pull them closer, but it still has Urquidy by basically a point. The good news is salary doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter that he's 7,100. It doesn't matter that Yarbrough's 7,400. It doesn't even really matter that Clayton Kershaw has 8,800. Um, none of these guys are showing up at like 10K and making you make legitimate decisions like, should I go to a reliever? Do you have any... Th- it's probably a good time to just have that conversation. Do you have any thoughts about throwing relievers on these two game slates? I'm not that interested in it because in part, or at least so in part because of the hitter pricing, it's just not that expensive. Yeah. You have, you know, looking at DraftKings, you have three players on the slate that are at least $5,000 in Freeman, Acuna, and Betts. It's not that, and plenty of cheap guys. It's not that difficult to roster real pitchers and still get, that's that you want right. so I don't, you're not getting a, a huge edge there in terms of getting to like roster constructions that people can't get to if you go cheaper a pitcher the other problem is that without any like opener and then bulk reliever type thing you're one you're guessing at what pitchers are going to be used and then you still have to get them to pitch well like you're probably getting an inning or an inning plus of these guys so you need like three strikeouts in an inning so that you get your eight points or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to see the, the big thing is the hitter pricing because it's really hard to see. Like when you think about it, how does your cheap pitcher really help you? And unless one of these pitchers just gets absolutely bombed and like goes negative and gets outscored by your five point relief pitcher, it's really hard to see how that gives you like the best lineup. Yeah. And even in that, that situation where, you know, let's say Yarbrough just gets lit up, then you probably need a Houston stack and you can stack Houston with, you can get some version of a Houston stack, at least with Kershaw and Anderson, I'm sure. So absolutely. It's, it's just really hard to see how it plays out in your favor. Yeah. You have to get the reliever that gets the win full stop. Right. That has, that has to happen for it to be super relevant or you end up getting some guy that comes in and throws like three innings, which is almost impossible to predict. So you got to hope you get the win correctly. Do you think that DraftKings and FanDuel and Yahoo and everybody should just add holds and saves at this point? Would it be more interesting if you got, you know, two for a hold, three for a save or something, just to add an additional wrinkle? Not, I mean, it would add more to it, but it would, it's kind, to me it would kind of be like adding a kicker or a defense where you're just adding random shit that is going to add like variance and stuff, yeah. which whatever, it can be fun. It's something to talk about, but I don't think it improves the product, at least for what I'm looking for in the product. That's fair. We had a lot of questions about it yesterday on live before lock. So I wanted to get your take there. And look, if you're playing, obviously if you're playing one lineup. There's no chance you're building it with a reliever. If you have 150 and you tell me you get to one or two, I don't think that that's like the most outlandish thing in the world, but just make sure you have yeah. a plan for what you're doing. Can you hear the, what's going on outside my window? No. Okay. They're, they're like paving the street outside my house. So it's loud for me, but I didn't know if it was like coming through the stream and I was going to mute if it was. But okay. I don't hear anything right now. Um, 
I also do have noise suppression set up on you, so it might just remove it okay. for everybody else anyway. Uh, put it this way. If it was really a problem, chat would certainly let you yeah, know. Yeah, that, that's, that's fair. Uh, not that there's a ton of chat right now, but you know what I mean. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the bats then. Uh, we'll start on the Rays side. Uh, Meadows, Lau, Choi, it would be the first three bats that stand out to me. We had yesterday, like yesterday's slate on the top stacks tool. Basically, everybody was between 22 and 27% odds of being the top stack. They were 22 to 27% aggregate ownership. There wasn't a lot of like leverage to be gained. So I think it's probably easy, even though we don't have ownership yet, to just simply talk about the plays that we like. Um, where do where does Tampa rank for you on this slate in terms of a stack? I'll, I mean, it'll entirely depend on ownership because, well, it, it man, it's a weird slate because like I obviously you you really want the Braves offense and the Dodgers offense, but they're both facing really good pitchers. Yeah, and then here you know in this game you're not. So, um, one thing I'm interested to see is what Tampa's lineup actually looks like here. Urquidy among you know at in addition to his weird strikeout numbers this year is giving up way, way, way more power to right-handed hitters. Um, last year, he gave up power pretty equally. 206 expected ISO to lefties, 197 to righties. Actual ISO numbers were skewed towards righties. But this year, 144 expected ISO to lefties, z- like zero power to um, in, in terms of actual ISO. Right-handed hitters, 234 expected ISO, 208 ISO. We saw the A's go with a right-handed heavy lineup against Rakiti. I'm wondering if, if Tampa you know, throws like Hunter Renfro in here. Um, you know, is where normally they'll they'll play him against lefties. So that would be something that's worth paying attention to and, and interesting. Um, and you should get low ownership if he's in there because the lineup will come out relatively late. So, um, but that being said, you know, I think that looking to the right-handed bats can give you a little bit of an advantage if, if they're going to be a little bit lower owned. Um, Randy Rosarena playing so well that I doubt his ownership's that low, but you know, does play from, does hit from the right side. Manny Margot is really cheap and has some power from the right side. So in addition to, I'm not saying not to roster Meadows and Lau and, and Choi, like they're all good, but, you know, looking to, to those right-handed bats, you know, going back to a cheap Willie Adamas at shortstop, I think are, are some pretty good ideas. And honestly, I hope Renfro's in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, when you mentioned Margot, that was the one that stood out most to me, 3,200 in the five spot, you get that righty righty matchup is potentially beneficial to Margot. Um, grades out pretty well compared to the Meadows, Lau, Choi, the guys that are like actually above average bats. Um, so I like the idea of getting to Margot there. Uh, unfortunately, the Rays do rank as my fourth stack of four. Um, not that I would have zero of anybody, uh, but they are last for me. So barring any crazy low ownership coming out of Tampa, I would expect them to be my lowest owned team. Meadows is the guy that grades out best. I don't get the sense that that should be a terribly shocking opinion. Uh, anybody you don't like from Tampa? I, I know that we have on a two-game slate, we're going to like everybody in some sort of way, barring really weird ownership. Is there anybody that stands out as a guy that you know you're not going to get a lot of? No, I don't think so. I mean, the if there were like a mediocre left-handed hitter that I expected to get ownership, I would say... Maybe I was low on them, but like I doubt Joey Wendell's getting much ownership. Yeah, I was going to um, say forty one hundred for him at third is a really not great right. spot. Yeah, I, I doubt Kevin Kiermaier is getting much ownership if he does start. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think it's more just 
um, relatively low ownership on the right-handed bats. Uh, Zanino, another one where you, at least, you know, yesterday you saw so much ownership going to D'Arno and Will Smith. Um, I don't know if that'll be the case again today because the pitching there is so much better. But, you know, if it is, Zanino gives you a ton of, of right-handed power for cheap at maybe lower ownership. Uh, two more just generic slate questions since I think it'll gain a little bit more for people in comparison to just us talking about how much we like individual bats. Um, how many hitters are you willing to play against your pitcher? I think yesterday I capped it at three. Ooh, okay. That's a much higher number than I was expecting. I, uh, I, I, I assumed I played... one or two was your answer. So three I know is... I played three in cash. Okay. Um, cash, I think I capped it at like five and just looked to see what would happen. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, with it being so, so it's something that Jake and I talked about yesterday. I think that on the smaller slates, especially with a sport like baseball, where there's just so much randomness, almost anything you do that is suboptimal in terms of correlation and, and stuff like that probably is outweighed just by the fact that it's helping to make you unique. Um, you can pretty easily, like, it. You know, Ryan Yarbrough can have a, a decent game, a good enough game at 7,400, and he can still give up, you know, a home run or two. And he's probably not going to go deep into the game. Like, he's going to go four or five innings, so you're still going to get in a bat or two for Houston guys against the bullpen. Um, it, it, I'm not saying it's ideal. Like, if I'm hand-building one tournament lineup, I'm not playing three guys against my pitcher. Yeah, But I'm not really opposed to having some lineups that, that do just because – you know, again, it, it's a hard, it makes the path a little bit harder for your lineup to do well, but I think it's probably offset just by the fact that it's really hard to differentiate on a two game slate. And that gives you a way to do it. I think I would cap at two um, because, because it's the playoffs. Uh, I understand that we get the smaller chunk of this, but if Ryan Yarbrough happens to give up two home runs to Michael Brantley and Yuli Gurriel, and those are the two guys that I have against him. I also think that that's more likely to get Yarborough yanked. That's a good point, yeah. So they're not going to have the same sort of leash they would have to give up two home runs in a regular season game. So you might be biting off a little bit more than you can chew by not getting that. Like, he might, he'll never see the fifth inning then, likely. Um, so I don't know if, how much yeah, that, that, that offset that's is. Fair point. Um, but I, I definitely don't have any sort of issue having uh, two guys there. Um Look, two solo home runs are going to be monstrous on a two-game slate, and it doesn't necessarily mean that your pitcher died. I did. Um, so I, I think what I – I don't even remember for sure what I did yesterday. I think what I did for my tournament lineups was set the cap at three, but then I used the boost tool in FC to knock down the projection on opposing hitters like 10 or 15%. So that I – most of my lineups weren't going to have three guys. That makes but, sense. If, you know, a couple did, then whatever. I like it. And shout out to the new group and boost tool from Fantasy Cruncher. What up, Dave? I don't have my uh, Thanks Fantasy Cruncher shirt on, but man, would it have been a good time for that. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to touch on from the Tampa bat side? I don't think so. Um, pay attention to if Renfro's in the lineup. He becomes a really good tournament play if he is. Your audio just got like ultra crisp and clear in my ears there. I don't know what changed. It was a really good call on Renfro. It needed to be heard. I don't know. It, it's like it switched microphones. I do hear a little bit more noise in the background now. 
I'm on the right microphone now. I don't know if I was on the wrong one before. You might have been on the wrong one before because it's your voice in particular is now crystal clear in my ears. Not that it was like bad before, but it's just better. Yeah. And I can pick up a faint amount of background noise now. Huh. I wonder if I was on like my computer mic before. Maybe. All right. Let's slide over to the Astros. Uh, Astros coming in as my number two stack on both FanDuel and DraftKings. A little bit uh, more little easier to get to on DK than FanDuel. They're, they're second in value there too. I mean, the first five bats are obviously fantastic. I don't have anything individually to say other than I think Kyle Tucker for 3,800 is just way too cheap. Um, there's not really a bat that I don't want. I assume Maldonado is like owned more than I would like just because there are only four catchers. But uh, all things considered, I really like the Astros side of this. Um, how are you feeling about Houston? Um, if they're owner again, like I'll, I'll prefer whichever of these teams is lower owned. I think it's it's pretty close. Um, I, I do think Yarbrough is a solid pitcher. Like he, he's pretty good at limiting uh, productivity from both sides. Um, One fifty two expected ISO to righties this year, sub one hundred to to lefties. Going back to last year, one forty six expected ISO to lefties, one forty one to righties. Like he does a good job limiting um lim- limiting power. So if a lot of ownership is going to Houston, and I expect there will be because you know, you you are going to get these right-handed bats against the Arboro. They are a little bit more expensive than they had been. So that's nice. But um, if there's a lot of ownership going there, I don't mind getting away from it. But, you know, if not Springer, Altuve, Bregman, I think all look pretty good. Correa is still relatively inexpensive. Yeah. I, the first five guys, just very bright green color uh, in my column. Even yeah. Guriel and Correa and Reddick are all, you know, shades of bright or yellow. So, I was going to say Guriel, probably the cash first baseman. Um, I haven't built, no. I obviously haven't built a cash lineup yet, but with these four teams, I think normally your options are going to be either Freeman or Guriel. And I'm not sure that paying 5K for Freeman against Kershaw is going to be the path. World is that showing up? And who the hell is that person? In a lineup? I guess he is. Oh, okay. I need to uh, I need to add this character to my sheet. Apparently, Ooh. the Braves are starting someone that I don't have added in my name sheet. Who? Christian Pache. Ash? Oh yeah, he's one of their like top prospects. But Adam Duvall got hurt yesterday. That I saw. That I saw. Um, let me get that added because I, I pulled it up and I was trying to look at just first baseman and it showed me this dude's name like twenty seven straight times and I was like, oh, that <laughs> seems like it's. Not uh, not the way to do this. Yeah, number one prospect by Fangraphs, eleventh overall. Good glove, apparently. Seventy field, eighty yeah. max, uh, 70, 70 arm. Yeah, yeah. Can't hit worth shit though. He, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. One. I know. Uh, Braves Twitter thinks he is better than Mike Trout, or going to be better than Mike Trout. I've seen that be a thing. I mean, it would be, it's basically, you should never say that about anyone. Obviously. Yeah. That's <laughs> just so silly. Uh, okay. So first baseman, you were saying um, Guriel is the cash first baseman. I think I, I would have Choi over Guriel. $500 more expensive. I have him a, a point, 1.1 points ahead of him too. Yeah, I think yeah, that makes and then sense. given salaries, hell, it even wouldn't even be shocked if it ended up being Freeman. You can afford everything you want. Um, any bats that you do not like 
or actually uh th this will be a popular question for most people so we get a lot of catcher questions do you prefer maldonado uh or zanino in this game zanino okay i actually like zanino i also prefer zanino um two hundred dollars cheaper better projection more likely to buy a home run Pretty much. Yeah, uh, tons of power against a pitcher who hasn't been getting strikeouts and who gives up power. Yeah. It's kind of a dream for Zanino. Uh, Anthony Ruiz had the question, can we get FC Pro through Osmo? I already have FC through Osmo. Yep, there should be a button in the top right corner when you go to FC that says upgrade to Pro, and then you can do it. You are billed independently of Osmo, uh, so that will show up as a Fantasy Cruncher charge uh, like on your card, um, but you can still get FC Pro if you have uh, Fantasy Cruncher through us. Anything else you want to touch on Rays and Astros? Um, so I looked up, I pulled up Yarborough's um, stolen base numbers because when you talk about someone like Kyle Tucker, that can add some value there. Yeah. Uh, he's not bad. He, he grades out pretty average. Um, you know, so it, it's not like he's a lefty that you can't run on. Uh, he doesn't, you know, give up a million stolen bases either. But uh, at the very least, Tucker will have a chance to steal some bags. Or like bag. Guys, free content today. We got a lot of it. You're listening to an MLB show. Good news for you. MLB ownership free today, whenever it comes out. Uh, if you're interested in our golf data, PGA projections free today. And then we have just a monstrous list of shows going on. 10 a.m. So immediately after this show, NFL showdown strategy, because it's Tuesday and we've got, we've got NFL football tonight. Uh, Laffy and Matt going to break down their showdown strategies for tonight. And Laffy is right back at it again at 11 a.m. Uh, both he and Ben and Sal going to be breaking down the full NFL slate for next week. 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, PGA strategy for the CJ Cup, I believe. Uh, that will be Ben Raza and Tim Frank. 5.15 Eastern Time, MLB Live Before Lock with Jake and Terry. And then 6 p.m. Eastern Time, NFL Live Before Lock with the boss man, Alex Baker and Kyle. So five more shows coming up after this. Should be a content-filled day. And once again, shout-out to Yahoo for being the presenting sponsor of this show. I highly recommend playing there. It's a great place to build your bankroll. Um, you'll see low management fees or no management fee contests. It's usually going to be the best contest in the industry unless FanDuel decides to stop updating their stats, at which point they end up having overlay in everything that they do. That shouldn't be likely. So at that point, you should slide yourself right over to Yahoo to get into their contest. Honestly, their no management fee contest is going to be the best thing that you can find in the industry each and every day. Um, anytime that you don't have to play, pay any sort of fees on the back end, you are going to save yourself a couple shekels. Uh, let's see what they have. They don't have anything up for baseball right now, so that's not going to be very helpful. But when they do, you should go play there. So make better choices. Use Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Then let's close this one out. Dodgers and Braves. Uh, coin flip game, 51% chance for Atlanta to win. 4.3 run implied total for the Braves, 4.2 for the Dodgers. It's Clayton Kershaw, Ian Anderson. Who do you prefer? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Kershaw. Yeah, you and me both. Clayton Kershaw is, I don't think it's particularly close today. The clear top option. I can't imagine what his ownership is going to be, but it is going to be 60 plus pretty easily uh the better question then is what do you do with anderson 500 cheaper than kershaw 9400 on fanduel so he's 600 cheaper there i think he's going to go a little underrepresented I, I mean he's my preferred sp2 okay 
I think he's really good. Yeah. Like really good. So you like running out the, the Kershaw Anderson combo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's, it's not like, I don't really like Yarbrough or Keedy and I think Anderson's better than them. Like I think Andy Anderson is very, very, very good. So how does that affect the way that you roster bats? Uh, I have Atlanta as my number one stack today. I had them yesterday as well. Dodgers are third for me today. How do you try to handle building your lineups when you have a large amount of the pitching from the game? Um, I mean, I'm going to be getting a lot of Houston and a lot of Tampa Bay. Okay. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's tough too because it's not even like either of these pitchers really struggle with power. Um, Kershaw still is doing the weird thing where he gets absolutely murdered by lefties. Um, So, you know, I guess, again, you know, Freeman, especially if his ownership does come down a bit because of the lefty-lefty matchup. But, you know, outside of that, there's nothing really there from Atlanta. And then Anderson – so far at least has allowed like no power uh, 0.28 home runs per nine 0.076 expected ISO to righties 0.025 expected ISO to lefties. You know, not saying that the Dodgers can't touch him up because obviously they have some of the best hitters in the league, but uh, he's been great. His changeup is ridiculously good. And then he also throws like 96 miles an hour. So um, not in love with hitters from either side. Obviously both of these lineups are so talented that if ownership is low, I perfectly fine going to them in tournaments just because they're really good there's four teams on the slate and you know if Clayton Kershaw pitches poorly in the playoffs it certainly won't be the first time and if the rookie pitching for Atlanta has a bad game in the playoffs that also would not be surprising so like it's not like it, it can't happen but if you was if I assume that like all teams are equal or more or less in terms of ownership I'd be preferring the Houston Tampa side okay um from the bats for the Dodgers uh, I've got Betts and Bellinger standing out as my top two potential uh, hitters to roster. 5,300 on DK for Betts, 4,500 for Bellinger. Uh, I like the middle of the order, the two, three, four, five spot, a little bit better actually on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings. What stands out to you most uh, from the Dodgers from an individual bat perspective? I really don't like the bottom of their order. So I think that... Ian Anderson is weird. So normally when you see pitchers like Ian Anderson that have his pitch mix where his changeup is his best pitch and he does throw it to both sides of the plate, he throws it a little bit more to lefties, but he throws it to righties too. A lot of times those guys end up having issues with same-handed power. As I said before, that hasn't been the case whatsoever with Anderson. His strikeout percentage is much lower against righties, 22.5% to righties, 36.5% to lefties, but it hasn't translated to power. Um, I don't mind the idea, though, of thinking that it just hasn't yet and that it yeah. will. And, you know, taking shots on guys like Betts, Turner, Will Smith. Also, if you go back and look, and I don't do it a whole lot, I think that it kind of got overhyped in the industry, and so I stopped doing it. But looking at um, pitch types, because Anderson does rely so heavily on that changeup. Going back to 2018, Justin Turner, 435 expected Woba, 262 expected ISO, um, only an 8.7% swinging strike percentage against right-handed changeups. So looks like he would not have much of a problem in this particular matchup. So I think yeah. he looks uh, pretty good. I like that call. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm cheering against the Dodgers, but I like what you're saying. Uh, yeah, you that changeup against righties just tailing into the barrel of the bat is pretty tasty for some like pull power. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Taylor Pollock Barnes just not grading out all that well for me. Forty two hundred for Will Smith. You, who do you think gets more ownership, uh, Darno or Will Smith here? Darno two hundred dollars more expensive. Probably Smith. I would I would say so too. On the Atlanta side, this is my number one team: uh, Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna. Probably my favorite three person combination of anyone on the slate. Uh, Christian Pache. 2100 on DraftKings. If he is in the starting lineup, that's going to be one, a pretty good cash option, I guess, and certainly one of the better values for the day. Flat minimum on FanDuel. Talk to me a little bit about this Atlanta stack. A, a ton, again, will depend on ownership here because, you know, we touched on it when we talked about the pitching. Like, Kershaw's the number one pitcher. And so if you assume that ownership is more or less equal, then I'm going to be least interested in Atlanta. But I, I don't expect that'll be that'll be the case because you're going to get a lot of ownership going to Kershaw that's going to drive down Atlanta's ownership. Um, and so it, it will they'll, they'll most likely end up being a good leverage stack here because, again, they, they just have so much power in this lineup. It's such a good lineup. Um, Kershaw, the most likely outcome is that Kershaw has a good game, but there's so much power here that on a two-game slate, I'm very interested um, in the Braves if they are going to be low-owned. I mentioned it before, but Kershaw, 303 expected ISO, 240 actual ISO to lefties this year. Um, last year, he allowed a 174 ISO to lefties. To righties uh, this year, 149 actual ISO, or yeah, 149 actual ISO, 130 expected ISO. Also striking out about five percentage points higher righties versus lefties. So, um, you know, I, I think Freeman, if the ownership does come down because of the matchup, is a really interesting play, but then, you know, Acuna, Ozuna, Diarno, like there's so much power. The only hitter in this lineup that doesn't have power is Nick Marcakis. Yeah. Well, and potentially, uh, Pache. Christian, Christian Pache. Yeah. Um, I looked it up. It's Pache. Right. Had to, cause I didn't want to just keep saying right. it. Yeah. I had no idea. The moment I said it the first time, I was like, Aish, Pache, Pache. I've heard it. I'd heard it pronounced too. And I was pretty sure like, uh, whatever you just said just now was right. Pache. But yeah, Pache. Thanks, baseball reference. Helped us out a ton. Um, Braves had the the lowest amount of aggregate ownership yesterday. Now, you shouldn't just look one-to-one, but there's going to be a lot of consistency day over day for it. And it's not as if the Dodgers are rolling out a, uh, a worse pitcher. I mean, you know, however you want to detail that is fine, but it's not like people are lining up to stack against Clayton Kershaw. So I assume the Braves come in at the the ass end of the ownership again today. And that makes me kind of interested. It's it's weird to know that I like the Braves the most and Clayton Kershaw the most. Those are the slates that are difficult. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to ownership, especially on a two-game baseball slate, dictating so much. It's not about, you know, we talked about it on the NFL show with you know you and, and, and Lafayette and I yesterday. Nobody's good at project, at predicting what's going to happen in any sporting event in, in a one-game sample, especially baseball. So, you know, we can sit here and say that we think X, Y, Z is going to happen because that's the quote-unquote most likely thing to happen. But ownership can real quickly change what the best approach to a tournament is because it's about probabilities. Like nothing is even close to 100% to happen. It's just about you know, looking at the probability of one thing happening versus where the ownership is going to be. That's really all that it is. So, um, you know, I think there's a good chance that when ownership projections come out, the Braves look pretty good. Yeah. Like if, if Clayton Kershaw shows up in the ownership at 85%, just random number here, having less than that is going to be the optimal play. 
Right. And having more Atlanta is going to be the natural symptom to that. Like with four teams going in the playoffs against, you know, in the, in the Atlanta game, you have two good pitchers in the Tampa Bay Houston game. You have two teams that are going to probably use their bullpen. Well, at least we know Tampa is Houston kind of a question mark, but so you're not expecting, there's no matchup that is just like, Oh, this is really good. So like on average, like if you don't know anything about the matchups, you're going to assume each team has a 25% chance of being the highest scoring team. When you factor in matchups, maybe Atlanta drops to like 15% or something like that. Like, they're not going to be like 3% or no. some crazy low number. And so, you know, using your example, if Kershaw's 85% owned um, and Atlanta has, let's say, a 15% chance of being the top scoring stack, they're naturally going to be lower owned than they should. Yep, 100% there. Um, there's, it's the most important piece of this. On a two-game slate, knowing where everyone else is is almost more important than knowing what you want to do because it should all be dictated based on the public. If you knew Clayton Kershaw was 0% owned, you'd probably have him in every single lineup you played. If you knew he was 100, you'd have a very minimal amount of Clayton Kershaw. Right. Yeah, it's just all about maximizing how much you win and not how often you win. Very true. Favorite bat in this game? Oh, this one. Turner? I think it's Turner. Okay. It's Acuna for me. Um, for getting into a little bit more detail. I like, I like the Turner call... Uh, with the pitch type data, not to overreact to it, but it, I do like that as like a tiebreaker. All right, let's sum so it up. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll add to that a little bit. I th- yeah, I, I say Turner because I assume his ownership is going to be lower compared to guys like Acuna. Sure. I, and and that's like, obviously, again, if you give me equal ownership on Justin Turner and Mookie Betts in the same matchup, I'll take Mookie Betts every time. Um, I assume that's not going to be the case. All right, we're going to sum it all up here. Put you on the spot. Ignoring ownership. Rank the starting pitchers and the teams in, for, from an offense perspective. Ignoring ownership? Yeah. Okay. Um, Kershaw, Anderson, Yarborough, Urquidy. Tampa, Dodgers, Houston Braves? You read that off in the exact opposite order of my hitting. I was pretty sure I was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so mine. I didn't know about the Dodgers part. I knew you had Tampa last. Mine would be Kershaw, Urquidy, Anderson, Yarbrough, Braves, Astros, Dodgers, Rays. So take whatever you want out of that. So you're just going in the inverse of Vegas implied odds. I don't know. Am I? No, I mean I don't think you did exactly. I know the Braves are by far the lowest. Uh, Braves. Did I type the line in wrong for this game? You might have. Dodgers are big favorites. I have it as a coin. Ah, that's the issue. I have these two lines flip-flopped. Yeah. Um, I have the Astros line as the Tampa Bay line. So that should be 110. All right, so show over. Yeah, 101. I mean, it's not going to change much, but it will make a difference for the pitchers. 153, 167. We would have been better off just shutting up and not mentioning that this happened. I just like Atlanta play Atlanta and the Dodgers playing the late game last night and the early game today is so stupid. Eight point six and seven point nine. All right, so in summary, pitching doesn't change. Bats ends up being Astros, Braves, Dodgers, Rays. 4.5 run implied total for the Dodgers, 3-4 for the Braves. 
So yeah, Braves are by far last. But even still, show up uh, second for me. That's all I got, guys. Uh, thank you to the 90 people that are here and 49 likes. So that's basically half. I mean, that's that's north of half. So kudos to you guys for hitting that thumbs up. Uh, if you heard me earlier, we've got a ton of content coming up today. Uh, videos over and over and over again. Two back-to-back NFL shows about to happen now with Lafi. So make sure you give him the thumbs up because I know he feels sad when no one cares about his shows. Uh, Adam, anything else here? Uh, no, I think that's it. You got anything else going on today? Nope, I'm done. There you go. Guys, thank you for joining us. Good luck today. Thank you to Yahoo for being the presenting sponsor. And uh, have some fun on this lovely Tuesday. Adios.